0: Welcome to the Smart Connector, a podcast for entrepreneurs who put people first. If you haven't done so already, hit that subscribe button to make sure you never miss an episode. In our podcast, we'll be looking at the power of authentic connection and how it can build your business success. We feature interviews with leading entrepreneurs and offer strategies to bring power to all your relationships, including the one you have with yourself. Be a smart connector too, the architect of your amazing business and life. Leo Suarez is my property business partner and an incredibly knowledgeable and inspirational guy. Originally from Colombia, he retained significant business interest over there as director of his freight railway company, as well as focusing on his property development and investment interests here in the UK. I'm sure you'll enjoy this telephone interview between us.
1: Welcome Leo.
2: Hi Jane, good morning. Thank you very much for for inviting me. It's a real pleasure to be here with you today.
1: It's great to have you here. Leo, what is the title of your
2: podcast? It's Bienes Raices Uca. That's really that's the Spanish for Real Estate UK.
1: Real Estate UK. Okay. Would you like to tell us what your podcast is all about and what inspired you to set it up?
2: Yes, actually, no, no, no problem at all. We have been having these discussions with uh, family and friends in South America. We're a little bit concerned on what is going on right now in the region. And uh, Perhaps I don't know how familiar you are and your audience of the geopolitics in South America. But for instance, next to us in Colombia is Venezuela. It is a country that is imploding right now, and it's, it's a real chain because it's yes. a country that has got the biggest oil reserves in the world. And uh, farther south we got Argentina, who is a country that, in early 2000s, had a bank run and is quite likely to have another one. Unfortunately, if not at the end of this year, next year. So, so there is a fear of contagion, and, and people people are really concerned about you know their, their wealth and about the long-term stability of their investment. And, uh, we, we always, we always think that the UK is a fantastic opportunity, particularly under the current political circumstances that we are, for instance, for someone in South America, in certain countries of South America, they have the same purchase power that they had in the UK today, that they used to have back in 2008 and 2010, because the pound has lost a lot of value against the dollar and, yes. and, and those currencies in those countries in South America as well. So if they were to invest, for instance, in the US, they, they will find that they need to put today around 75% more money to buy a house that they could have bought 10 years ago. But if they want to buy a house here in the UK, instance that was in the market 10 years ago, they could do it only with that 7% more money in their local currency. Yes. I hope, I hope that it makes sense. So, so suddenly people in South America realizing, wow, it's a, it's a mature market. It's a politically stable country is a country where they actually honor the commitments in terms of foreign direct investments and so forth. And in addition to that, the UK offers some advantages, low low interest rates. Yes. Yeah you can borrow money anyone with three and five percent for a buy to let for here in South America people will dream about those those interest rates. They borrow yes. money at rate between twelve and fourteen percent per annum and on a capital repayment basis. So on top of that, in South America, we've got corporate tax, corporation tax at around 37% compared to 17% in the UK from next year. So when you put all of this into comparison, you realize that actually the UK property market is quite attractive. But of course, investors in South America need to understand how it works, the technicalities. And that is exactly what the podcast is about. If If I bring a fellow property investor from Latin America into a property meeting here in the UK, for instance, in London, although they could speak very good English better than mine, probably they will they will be a little bit confused because of all the lingo and all the terms that are used you know like section yes. 24 section 6 then the seal and so forth so so i decided that it's better to explain the topic in their mother language that is spanish i'm bringing it down to a level that they can understand how the industry operates and actually taking their hand.
1: Yeah, which is just amazing. I gather that you've had an incredible response from investors across, across Latin and South America.
2: That is correct. We, we are really, we have been taken back by the response that we have. Of course, some people initially thought that our podcast was about Spanish speaking. People that are living in the UK UK already. that could be between half a million and seven hundred thousand people, which is a significant number. But uh, because of our podcast, we can see the statistics of where our listeners are. We're very impressed to find that actually, of course, we got a big uh, listener base here in the UK, but also people from another twenty-one countries. Uh, Of course, all around Latin America. Talking about Mexico, Colombia, Chile, Argentina, also Spain, the US, and, and interesting places like France and New Zealand. So, so, so it's interesting to find that a lot of people that want to learn about the, the UK property market in Spanish are based basically all over the world. And we've been interacting with our audience and, and engaging in very interesting conversation. And in fact, some of our listeners are really committed and have already made a decision to invest with us in what we are doing. That
1: is absolutely amazing. And of course, because I'm also in in property sector, I meet, should we say, some amateur investors here in the UK who are keen to invest in properties abroad. And the advice that I always give to them is that the UK is actually the property investment capital of the world. And that is why there is so much foreign investment. And it's very easy if you've grown up in this, in this country to lose sight of the many, many advantages of investing in a small island, uh, with a very dense population and a very stable, generally very stable economy and legal system. Wouldn't you agree?
2: I completely agree with you, Jane. The UK property market has too much to offer, has too much to offer to people that are already here. Yes. And, and uh, I think that actually a lot of people would agree with your statement, that they have gone abroad, they've done investments, have their fingers burned, and they actually realize, you know, probably that's not that wise. And and, and the advantages are here, as like I said, you've got a, a legal system, it's a mature industry. You you can have all the stakeholders in the industry know very well what to do. I'm talking about the solicitors, I the uh, brokers, of course commercial agents and so forth. So. It's fascinating and it's quite rewarding to work in the industry when everyone knows what they are doing.
1: Yes, yes. And uh, Leo, do you find that there is a, a problem with investors bringing funds from Latin or South America to the UK in terms of UK banking and money laundering regulations and all of those issues that can slow things down and make it a bit more complicated?
2: That is correct. Uh, this is technically called foreign direct investment. It is not like you you know someone in South America and they, oh my God, would you like to invest in a couple of houses, just transfer the money to my bank account and I'll buy them for you. It's not like to say it from a regulatory perspective from both angles, not only from the UK. The point that you're trying to raise, of course, is money laundering and finding where the money is coming from. And that's very, very important. But you also need to put yourself in the shoes of the investor in Latin America because they need to bring the money in a way that actually is tax efficient for them. Yes. You need to create the right vehicle. And in fact, the lessons that we have learned for, for a project that we've done in the last six years that actually was sending money from the UK into Colombia, from the US into Colombia for our railway company. Yes. We, we We learned that uh, you need the best advisors at both ends. I'm talking about solicitors. I'm, I'm talking about tax advisors that yeah. will be able to structure in a way that is chilled from any issue that could, could happen down the line.
1: Yes,
2: shielded, yes. Shielded, that's shielded. Yeah,
1: yeah, yeah. Um, so you found a way to do that?
2: That's correct. We, we have a good corporate tax advisor having been helping us in the last seven years. Who Actually, we brought them together and we are actually putting the machine in reverse. So we were used to send money from the UK and from the US into Colombia. We are using exactly the same mechanism to bring the money from Latin America to the UK.
1: Wow, that's, I mean, that's really, really fantastic, Leo. Congratulations.
2: Thank you, Jane. If anyone of you listens a bit more about it, i would be very happy to explain in more detail. I am not a financial advisor, of course, and that would be my role, but at least I can share my experience and so other people will find it. Useful.
1: Absolutely. And of course, you targeted uh, Latin and South America because you are a native Colombian and you speak Spanish. And actually, there is, uh, compared to some other countries in the world and, and regions, there's relatively little investment from um Letting South America into the u k perhaps because of the the language and, and cultural barrier but 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 it's not to say that the circumstances and the work that you've done here would not be relevant really to all international investors Is
2: that right that's absolutely right and actually you you made me realize something and is' that a lot of the investors in South America tend to be quite local i mean yes. if, if someone is in for instance in Chile and they don't work quite well investing in property, they probably go to the country next door or, or nearby. They go to Peru perhaps. And then yes. some years down the line, they go to Colombia. and they kind of they keep moving kind of the same meridian. So the really yes. adventurous ones perhaps will go to Miami, which is, yes. which is really the capital of Latin America I and mean, it's Spanish speaking. Yes. A lot of you, <laughs> you know when you go there. Yes. Um, but crossing the Atlantic in addition to Spain, of course, which is the natural market, isn't is not that common. Yes. And, uh, and we, we have been a lot of, uh, we have been doing a lot of educating, to be honest, explaining why it, it makes a lot of sense. And we realized that actually it's the same mechanism that anyone could use in any country in Latin America and why well, not in any country in Asia to come into the UK. Of course, you need to, to take into account local uh, policies and local uh, laws in terms of uh, how you do it. But yes. uh, the mechanism is exactly
3: Yes,
1: yes. Brilliant, brilliant, Leo. So what have you put in place to meet the demand from investors?
2: Well, you, you need to listen carefully to what the investors want. People that are investing in those markets in South, markets in South America. Yes. Because they are used to paying very high interest rates. They are also used to high yielding projects. Yes. So they have very clearly defined criterias in terms of but levels of profitability. Yes. A a lot of projects here in the UK sometimes are evaluated in isolation. And what I mean by that is a lot of people see a development project and they talk about return on investment. But sometimes that is a little misleading. I'll explain why. Because that assumes that the project is built in a very, very short period of time. And then that your revenue, if we are talking about projects that you are actually going to build to refurbish to hold, the revenue starts coming soon after. But you need to remember that the cash flows in a project like this are are actually distributed over a uh, probably sometime between twenty four and thirty six months period. Yes. You, so you need to actually bring all those cash flows, the, the negative one I mean when you invest money and actually the positive one when you get actually the property refinance or your, your rents are coming in. You need to bring it back to day zero and calculate the internal rate of return. That's really what at the end of the day what the investors in South America want? Of course yes. they are. They are quite interested to know about the particular return of a project. But that's again a snapshot. But what they really are interested in is okay from the time that I send my money across, yes, the time I've started to get my money. What is the return on investment of, of, of all those cash flows? And that's a little bit technical. And, and we have been, of course, uh, running our projections, our financial models based. On those demands and make sure that actually projects that we are bringing to the table meet those criteria which is quite tricky to be honest
1: yes well i mean i've been involved in some of that work haven't i leo and um it's not easy is it to find the right project that, that give the right uh return
2: that, that that is correct jane your your assistance has been fundamental <laughs> without your help as a smart connector and a fantastic businesswoman. We will not be able to open the doors that you have.
1: <laughs> Thank you, Leah. So, when you say uh, the doors, I mean obviously there are also uh, many investors in the UK that are also looking for. When I say a safe pair of hands, I mean uh, unfortunately the UK property industry is largely unregulated, isn't it? So, what what are the risks do you think that property investors face in the UK when they're looking for? If you like a hands-free investment from a third party,
2: well, will be the same kind of uh, safety and, and same mechanism that we provide to our foreign investors. Yes, that is uh, at, at the end of the day, you want to make sure that the business is run as a business, that there there are clear KPIs, and that there there are, there are processes around how you assess a potential deal, how you assess then construction costs, how do you have the market demand and 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 that is actually done very thoroughly. And and on top of that that once a property secured, then you as an investor have a second charge for the property. That means that if something goes wrong. Your money is actually protected with the bricks and mortar. Yes. So, so those are really the the, the two elements. But of course, how you run your business, you need to make sure as an investor that there is corporate governance in place in the companies that you are investing in. You need to make sure that the decision making actually is fair and that protects your interests at all the time. People can get run a bus, you know, you can, you will have issues, as you know, the property, property market is not playing in sailing, but you need to make sure that your team has the expertise, the capabilities actually to solve them out, but you do have all the legal mechanisms in place that will put from yes. the beginning to the end.
1: Absolutely. And I, you know, I couldn't agree more with that. I think that uh, you know, robust legal agreements are absolutely critical that cover uh all eventualities.
2: That's correct. And you need proper legal advice on that. And again, uh, UK solicitors are really well, they have a, well, a code of practice that they need to follow, which means that they need to be unbiased. Actually, the, the advice that they give you has to be in your best, best interest. And you would be surprised. that For instance, people in South America, that's really uncommon. Really? Is it? <laughs> of course. Of wow. Course, <laughs> Uh, the, it's, it's, it's quite different, there. I, I won't go in more detail, but yes, but that's, that's, so 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 that's again another advantage for people here in the UK. For someone in South America or that is already willing to bring in, of the high returns. Well, yes, people in the UK can have the same returns, and so, yes. so why not take advantage of that?
1: Yes, and of course, a lot of it also comes down to trust, doesn't it? Because it's very important. if You're putting your faith and your money with someone. It's very very important to have trust in them as well as obviously having the legal contracts in place.
2: That is absolutely right, Jane. For instance, one of the projects that we created is a, is a fund that is for people that are willing to invest in shorter time frame. Yes. Core developments, as you know, could take between, as I said, between twenty four and thirty six months. Yes. And based on the experience of some business partners, a couple of business partners that we have here, that we have. So based on the experience of a couple of business partners that they have learned here in London in managing a quite interesting portfolio of uh, corporate leads and service accommodation here, 65 properties in London, yes. around 350 rooms. We realized that actually that's one of the highest yielding property strategies that are right now in, in the UK. But of course, you need to have the track record and the expert. Yes. And we, we have been watching closely what they've been doing the last four or five years. And they have been very open to us and opening the numbers. And of course, we've seen how they got it all set up. They got their back office in place. The surprise is in Colombia again. So that reduced cost. And we, we decided that actually we could join forces and we could assist in bringing money to actually do more of what they do here and, and having a mixture of, yes. of, of that high yielding, uh, investments compounded with capital growth in the north of England and, yeah. and in the city of Liverpool to be more precise as anyone in property knows that is where the actually the capital growth is happening right now and it's where it's, it's the north is where you have the better yields so yes. so we we have put that together yeah, and, and that could be also attractive to some people in the UK in fact to our podcast we have met some people that are here in the UK already originally from Latin America and yes are really, really interested in what we are doing in, in Liverpool. And we invited them and Say yes, it's not only to to people in Latin America, it could be also to people that are already here.
1: Yeah, which is fantastic. And of course, you know, all investors are different and some will be attracted to the uh, high returns, but uh, perhaps higher risk of the uh, property development projects because, of course, there is always risk because of the market years and, you know, the time scale and so on. And others will be attracted to the higher yielding but uh, lower risk opportunities involved in the serviced accommodation product in Liverpool. So it's nice to be able to offer choices, isn't
2: it? Correct. And that's precisely the reason why we we did it. We thought it would be really good to be able to help both type of customers, if I can define them like that. Yes. And uh, I've been quite rewarding.
1: <laughs> Fantastic, Leah. So let's move on to Whole Atlantico. Very, very exciting. There's your freight railway company in Colombia. Now, since we've been talking a lot about investment, I'd like to just start off perhaps by Talking about, did you raise money to invest for investors in in this company? And if so, what were the levels of investment and where did you the investment?
2: Correct, and I think that perhaps we, it would be useful if we we explain to your audience what the whole Atlantic does. Yes, people are, are not familiar. Yes, let's start there. Yeah. <laughs> yes, a lot. Lo, lo, thank you. A lot of people are not familiar with the the geography of yes. Latin America. So Colombia is in the middle of Latin America. Top of South America, starting Central America. Uh, it's, it's a big country. The former Colombian government decided in 2011 that they were going to rebuild a big section of, of railway track that has been abandoned and where trains had not run over 25 years. And actually the former president of Colombia came to the UK and invited British companies to be part of those opportunities yes. that are happening. And we were really interested. Of course, we, as, as I, as you mentioned at the beginning of the, of this interview, I started with my, my first business here in the UK was an international steel trading company. So we were selling steels from, from Asia, from Europe into Latin America. And of course, that involved as well, as well selling uh, railway materials. Yes. So our intention in Colombia initially was go, going to, to Colombia and sell uh, railway tracks and locomotives and wagons that we have done in Latin America and in other countries in, around the world. Yes. But uh, we realized that actually no one was going to buy that because the railways were not operational and was running trains. So we had to become part of the solution. Yes. And, and and that that's that's probably to answer your question because we we realized that we although we have been in the railway industry and we knew locomotives and wagons and track materials, we didn't know how to run trains. So we had to put a team together. It's actually something we're very proud of because it involved a company in the US that knows how to run trains. We have eleven operations in the US, so they they have already a system in place that they could go and Deployed and started the next operations fairly quickly and do it quite, quite nicely. And also the support from the rolling stock supplier. That means the company that supplies the locomotives and the wagons. They are based in South Africa. And the reason they are in South Africa because Colombian railways are narrow gauge. Yes. And South Africa is the country with the biggest railway network in narrow gauge in the world. Right. 3000 kilometers of track. Okay. 2,500 locomotives, over 80,000 wagons. So it's a massive operation. And uh, of course, we could, if we were going to buy overhauled uh, locomotives and wagons, that was the place to go for. And uh, we also needed their support for the maintenance. So we had to orchestrate that. And once we got into Colombia, of course, we didn't want to reinvent the wheel and learn how to provide logistics services. Yes. So we, we partnered with the biggest logistic company in the country right. called OPL Carga. And, and they are actually a main shareholder in the company. It allow us to, to, to be a little bit relaxed because they knew how to sell the services. But of course, all of that involved bringing money to the table. Yes. So initially, it was just as the founders coming up with all the money. Yes Get it over over the ground and unfortunately this is a very capital intensive business yes investment have been in the order of millions um in order to get uh, studies designs permits a lot of consultants in terms of <laughs> environmental yes. consultancies, a legal consultancy, of course, as I mentioned, bringing the daring investment into from the u k and the u s into into colombia and so forth uh, and then uh when the the, the company the, the biggest logistic company in the country came along we We were quite open and we said, yes, we would like to invite you, but we would like you as well to to put money on the table. They said, yes, please just demonstrate that this is a really attractive business. So we have to hire the best investment bankers that we could find for them to actually to redo our financial models. Yes. That they were done properly. Yes. And once uh, our partners have assessed that with the investment bankers, they were happy to actually put money alongside our own money. And from them been well everyone makes contributions based on their shareholding in the company
1: wonderful so how much uh, how much external investment raised to date
2: we have spent in total 5.1 million dollars right we are right now yes and that that come from all the shareholders so i will say that initially us put together around 1.5 million yes and the rest have been from our partners
1: wow well, I mean, that, it's such an exciting project, isn't it, Leona? I know that when we've talked about this, it also is very personally meaning to you,
2: isn't it? Well, it, it, it is a fantastic business opportunity where yeah. someone can run a freight train. Yeah. I'm talking, we're talking about a 460 mile long railway. Huge. So that's the same Huge. distance like from Dover to Edinburgh. Yes. Within a 100 miles of the track at both sides is located 90% population of the country. And Around ninety yes. percent of the GDP of the country generated next to the railway. So we thought, my God, this is this is really something that we should do. But also, I have moved to the UK in two thousand and five. And the reason I did that is that before that, Colombia was about to be a failed state. Yes. And I, to be honest with that, you know, we had issues with guerrillas. The economy was not performing well. So I cannot give up on Colombia. And I came yeah. to England and I settled here. I, I got married here. My children were born here. I had the opportunity to attend one of the very good uh, British universities and learn more about finance, economics. I always had in in the bottom of my heart that feeling like, you know, Colombia has given you so much and you have not done any more of your country. You went, you settled in another country, now you've got a, your life far away. And I saw this opportunity as well as an opportunity to bring some knowledge into the country and to yes. provide the country to grow and actually to build capacity because creating a railway company is not about just buy locomotives and wagons and get someone who knows how to run the trains and someone who goes and knows how to sell logistics. We are about to use an asset that is state-owned and therefore it means that we need the, the, the Colombian government to make decisions in terms of public policy and to make yes. decisions in terms of standards and regulations and actually to build capacity. And we have been so blessed that we have enjoyed the continued support of the British government in Colombia. And that has been instrumental for, 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 to get where we, where we are. And that's helping Colombia because we have been able to bring people from the Minister of Transport of Colombia, for instance, to, with the assistance of the British government, to talk to their counterparts here in the UK to precisely learn from, from the best practices and the mistakes that have been done in the UK. And, and that's, that's very rewarding to me. I think while well, I've been part of that
1: so you've been contributing to international relations and international partnerships an amazing form of connection
2: that that is true yeah it's it's, it's very rewarding it's quite challenging the cultural differences yes and of course the expectations so 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 that that's also also it's a challenge, but it's quite rewarding when you can manage.
1: Yes. <laughs> well, that's that's absolutely fantastic. Well, thank you, Leo, for telling us about that. That's great. So I just wanted to kind of ask you some more general questions, if, if, if that's okay.
2: Oh, yes, please. Go ahead.
1: Yeah. So, so, Leo, who's inspired you the most in your life?
2: Well, I, I always find great partners like you, Jane, <laughs> can, can really provide a complement to what we can offer. Yes. And I have been blessed with the partners that, that I have had over the last 20 years. Uh, people that have done business in different areas of expertise of mine who actually, if I can name, they're called Matt Borough, who's an Englishman who, from whom I learned how to do international trade. Yes. Uh, and Diego Martinez as well. He might be a partner in Colombia, who is a very successful lawyer in Colombia, who, who also brings the human aspect of business of color and the legal aspect, which is quite useful to the business. Yes. So, so those, those, those really have been my big mentors in yes. my journey.
1: Yes, and of course, you can go so much further with partners than you can go alone.
2: That's absolutely right, Jane. It, it is very good to have a sounding board to, to you know, to be able to run ideas with someone, actually yeah. to, to, to be able to, to be very critical uh, uh, about the potential, of course, and to highlight the potential issues and pitfalls. Sometimes when you are on your own, you don't think about it. You just go ahead and do it. Yes. Spend so much time and energy, but having someone to be able to say, hang hey, on a minute. There is a better way to do this, or probably we shouldn't do this. Yes. It's quite useful. It, it uh-huh. will save you a lot of time and money. <laughs>
1: I think it's absolutely critical because we we all make the mistake in that our way of looking at things is the right way. And ultimately, I, I mean, I personally believe in business, that that makes business sense as well, because two heads are better than one. And, you know, you can leverage the experience and the skills and the talents of somebody else, which are, are going to be different to yours. They make the overall approach a lot, a lot richer.
2: I agree. I agree with you. It's... Uh... It, it enriches the process uh, uh, and it helps as well because you you share the workload as well.
1: Yes. Leo, what, what qualities do you look for then in the partners that you associate with over and above skills and Talents?
2: I, I'll say that I will advise anyone to partner with someone with the same values. Yes. With someone that is not willing to cut corners to get where they want to be. Yes. And someone that sticks to their principles. Those are the the key things.
3: Yes, absolutely.
1: I mean, I don't think there's really much point in me asking what types of people would you avoid. I mean, the thing is, obviously, Leo, I know you. So (laughs) I know that the types of people that I would avoid and the types of people that you would avoid would be people who are inconsistent, low on integrity and lazy.
2: (laughs) Correct. And, And also people that could be confrontational. Yeah, uh, it's very good to have arguments. i ground wrong. If, if you only have followers, you don't have a team. Yes, you need people that can challenge you. Yes, but if you have people that is extremely controversial with people within your team and with stakeholders, oh, that's a big red flag for me. <laughs> yes, yes,
1: because often it's a power play, isn't
2: it? That's that's correct, and and uh, you need to be very, very aware that that you need to be treating people with respect, you need to be. Mindful of their needs and their expectations, some sometimes people go with their own agenda, and they just want to bulldoze over other people, and and that could be quite problematic, and could cause a lot of issues.
1: Well, yes, and I think I think it does. I don't think that partnerships that are founded on essentially sort of exploitation or win-lose model ever lasts so you know if you have to begin again in business then automatically you lose so as i said what you're saying it's not just about the quality of your experience with another person uh, but it also
3: makes business sense
2: that's that's correct
1: okay well Thank you so much, Leo. It's been such a great interview. Before we go, I've just got a question that I ask many of my guests, which is about how they tend to start and end their day and whether there's any tips or hacks that you can share. Well,
2: the problem when you work with people that are five or up to ten time zones behind or ahead of you yes, is that you start your day actually with some work that someone has done while you were sleeping, (laughs) yes (laughs)
3: <laughs> yes
2: <laughs> and you end up your day actually giving something to your team members that they will do while you sleep so <laughs> that's, unfortunately that's how i start and i finish my day i am al- <laughs> al- always finding something that i need to do quite urgently yes. to begin the day and when i finish the day i think like oh my god i need to pass this to someone in my team that is yes. still working that yes. can g- get it done so, so, so that's that's really how I do it. Of course, that won't suit everyone here because we only used to deal with people that are in the same time zone. That but that unfortunately that's the case. But when you use it to to your advantage, it's extremely powerful because you can do twice as much.
1: Yes, and the other thing is, Leo. I know you've got children like me, and it gives us the flexibility to give us our children some time and attention as well, because obviously the prime time for them is when they come home from school and those few hours in the late afternoon and personally I I don't mind putting in some work in the evening in order to free me up to spend some time serving my my daughter that's at home but I know that that's very important to you as well, isn't
2: it, Leo? Correct. I love doing the school (laughs) run. It makes my day. That's the best time of the day. The conversation Uh. that we have, well, we do the little 10 to 20 minute community, we drive or we walk is 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 really enjoyable.
1: Yes. Oh, <laughs> that's lovely. Right. Well I think we probably run out of time, Leo, but thank you so much again. It's been wonderful to hear your experience and your very, very exciting business activities. So much for joining us, Smart Connector Podcast today.
2: No, Jane. thank you again for the invitation and I wish a very good day to all your audience.
1: Thank you. Thank you.
0: you for listening to the smart connector podcast i invite you to follow me on social media or go to www.janebaylor.com to book a discovery call and learn about our exciting mentorships masterminds and retreats i look forward to seeing you on the next episode